Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app or at Dash Radio. We're there every day from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. That's the Nothing But Net channel. Download Dash Radio. Search for the Nothing But Net channel and we're there every day at 7 p.m also onside radio.com i'm there every day now from 10 a.m to 12 we did some heat talk today with brady hawk make sure you check that out we did some dolphins with alfredo artiaga so we cover all the south florida sports there also five reasonsports.com spell it out f-i-v-e reasonsports.com that's where you find the fastest heat takes up there again from Brady, but also our coverage of the Dolphins and all the other teams without a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. That includes one that I use tonight for the national championship game. We'll see how that one goes. I'm not going to tell you because you'll blame me if I ended up picking the wrong team, but it's mybookie.ag. That's right. My bookie ever since I started this podcast or way before people are always asking for betting tips. I'm not sure why they're asking me, but I can tell you where you should place the bets. That's mybookie.ag, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. I tell people to bet with my bookie. Their rep is rock solid. I can tell you the payouts are a lot easier than some of these other sites for sure. They take less out of it. They've got more props than anybody else. They got the best odds, the best contests, the best promotions in the business. They're the only place I'm trusting now to handle my NBA, NFL, or any of the other related bets, including again on tonight's national championship game. I don't give out the stamp of approval too easily. You got to be the best at what you do. My bookie is the best sports book out there. Just use the promo code five on the floor, spell it out. F I V E on the floor. You get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. That's right. Up to a thousand bucks. Your deposit will be matched halfway head over to mybookie.ag if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet bet with the best bet with my bookie and now today's episode one two three four five on the floor welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the miami heat and the nba featuring ethan skolnick with alex toledo and greg sylvander part of the five reasons sports network All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. We got a full crew tonight. We actually have more people here on five on the floor than are actually eligible for the Miami Heat to play in their next game. I got Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Salito. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander and at Tropical Blanket. We did not pod on Sunday night. We just wanted to give this a little bit of time to play out. We didn't pod on Saturday night either after the weird Washington game. We're not going to devote a lot of attention to the Washington game. The Heat are now four and four, but we knew when they headed up on this Northeast corridor trip, with the problems that the Wizards were having with COVID, the problems that Boston was having with COVID, the problems that Philadelphia was having with COVID, that there was a real possibility that games could be canceled. Now, we've already seen one game canceled, the Celtics game canceled. At first, it didn't look like the Celtics would have enough players, but it turned out the Heat didn't have enough players because of contact tracing. We obviously know Avery Bradley's involved in some of this, but there's a bunch of other Heat players that are going to be out for their next game against Philadelphia. Greg, do you have the list? Yes, I do have the list of who will be available and who will not. Um, so let's go to the guys that are available. I always try to look at the glass half full side of this thing. Uh, so <laughs> Is it even half full, um, Greg? I feel like it's like... Yeah, I don't know if it's half full Apparently. at this point. Um, so available tomorrow shall be, um, knock on wood, if you can hear that, Dunk, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Precious Achua, um, I'm still probably saying that wrong. Andre Iguodala, Myers Leonard, Kelly Olenek, Max Struess, 
Chris Silva and Gabe Vincent. There are, there's a couple questionables and probables floated in there. Um, I asked around today and, and basically everyone's going to be available if they need them. So I think that you're going to get all of those guys. So um, just, and I know that we're going to kind of unpack this one by one, but the ominous names missing Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, all not available. And maybe not just for this game. I mean, that, that's the other issue. That's the thing we need to talk about. Um, and we're going to talk about whether or not they should even be playing these games in the second segment here on the program. But Alex, let's try to make sense of what Eric Spolster can do with that group. Give me a starting lineup. Uh, I guess everybody's going to have to play, right? But give me a starting lineup. I mean, wow, this is one of the toughest questions you've ever asked me. I got to come up with a starting lineup. Uh, I mean, I guess you're starting Tyler. You're starting Duncan. You're starting Precious. From there, I, I am just not sure. So Kelly's in, right? Kelly's still playing. Yes, Kelly's in, apparently. Okay. Well, I mean, so I think yeah. that's the four right there. I think you got Tyler, Duncan, Precious, Kelly. And then the last spot, I guess Iguodala. Then off the bench, you've got Struess. You've got uh, Gabe Vincent. You've got Chris Silva. Is that it? Am I missing one more person? Oh, Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard is possible, right? He's oh, okay. questionable. It's not. So there you go. That's that's the rotation it's, right there. Is, they, they've got seven, maybe eight. This is the hero and precious showcase moment. Look at that. I'm gonna spin it in a positive way. Yep. Uh, yeah. Showcase yeah, you're spinning season. Spinning it in a very you're spinning it in a very positive way. Showcase season. It could be a showcase month for sure. Um, I, I mean, just making some sense of that. Obviously, hero becomes the primary scorer. Duncan has to play off of him. I guess they're going to run some stuff for Precious. This is a situation you wish Bam was there because then Bam and Precious would have to play together. Uh, Precious and Olenek have played together, so there's some familiarity. The Heat fans calling for Struess are going to get what they want. Did you say Vincent is, is available? Is that right? Vincent is yes. available? Yes, as well as Silva. And that's like where this gets interesting because Hero is going to be relied upon to score. He's going to need to take 20 shots a game. There's no yep. doubt about that. So, like, mm -hmm. they're going to need a Gabe Vincent-type player. And maybe Iguodala ends up being the guy who can actually – um, do some of the offensive initiation and do some of the point guard stuff because Hero is going to have to be in, in go mode offensively. And this is not just one game either against Philly that we're looking at this. This is potentially two games. Now, who for the Sixers, is Embiid still quarantining somewhere? No, I think he was playing tonight. Yeah, okay. I think he is available. Okay. Saw so, a highlight of him playing tonight, so I think so. So as far as we know, Philly is whole, right? Because for a little while, it didn't look like... I don't think Ben Simmons be. is available. So I'm looking at them now. They started Embiid, Maxi, um, mm -hmm. a player named Dakota okay, Matheus. I don't really know him. Sorry, guys. Danny Green. And, um, is that Mike a made-up name? And no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who's, who's the fifth one? And Mike Scott. So Tobias Harris isn't available. No, Tobias. Seth Curry's out. Ben Simmons is out. Tobias Harris is out. They're only playing three guys off the bench. This season is just ridiculous. Yeah, I um, mean, we're, we're going to get to the specifics of that. But, but let's just look at this, if we call it a matchup. Uh, so, so no, all right, so, so let's see, who's missing more? I mean, I mean, the Heat are missing more if they're missing Butler, Dragic, and Bam, because they're the three best players. But on the other side, you're missing, what, your second best player in Simmons, your third best player in Harris? And fourth. And your, is Seth Curry is your yeah, fourth Seth best player? Curry. Yeah, Probably. essentially. The way he's been playing, especially. Okay. So basically, I mean, it's close to even. I guess if Jimmy was playing and you you were missing Bam, Dragic, and Hero, it would be equivalent, probably. Like, mm -hmm. that that would be we're gonna a little see a more We're going to see a lot of fair. Precious versus Embiid. Yeah. I, we we are. going to be a tough one for Do him. it. 
<laughs> I mean, we're laughing about this, but but this is ludicrous. Now, now can we get to the uh, okay? As far as we know, Greg, the one player that was affected, we think was affected, we were reporting was affected. Well, first, Woj reported he was going to be out, but then we reported that Avery Bradley might miss more time than Woj initially said in his tweet. What's the latest you've heard on that? I've heard 10 to 14 days, and, uh, you know, that would indicate, I mean, and trust me, like uh, following, I just want to say something related to this COVID protocol, who has what. It is the most gray area hodgepodge of uh, uh, a subset of information as you could ever be relied upon. But Avery Bradley, it looks like he may be the catalyst for some of this. Um, so I would say that you could expect an extended absence from him. These other guys that are going through protocols, uh, I believe it's a seven day sort of circumstance that they have to work through. Um, I don't, uh, they're meeting tomorrow. The NBA players association is where, as well as the league to maybe amend that because I feel like that seven day window may be a little long to try to, um, just get a team on the damn court. So, right. so we'll see what comes of that. But, but essentially for right now, I think some of the guys listed as out, you may see back sooner, but there are going to be, uh, you know, select guys that have extended absences. Now, you know why? I mean, this is problematic for so many reasons. And we're going to talk about sort of the health consequences of this and whether the NBA did the right thing by even playing the season, the way they're playing it. But I'm just looking at the heat schedule. So from a purely selfish standpoint for the heat, this was a stretch of the schedule that the Heat were going to start to hopefully, for them, make up some, some ground in the standings, okay? They had two against Philadelphia, so you hoped for a split. You didn't know what was going to happen in Boston. Obviously, if they played that game when everybody from Boston was supposed to be out and the Heat were supposed to be healthier, that probably would have been a win. But anyway, that would have been unfair. But they, they had two against the Sixers, but then two against the Pistons and two against the Raptors who are not playing well in Tampa – you kind of figured you were going to get at worst three out of four on those. And now we don't know if it based on these times, because the, the Pistons games are the 16th and the 18th. As we do this, this is the 11th. I mean, based on that, you wouldn't have Jimmy Bam or Dragic for then. And there's some question about whether or not you would have them for that two game set against the Raptors. Like I said, again, this was supposed to be the stretch of games where the Heat, you know, maybe I mean, because the Heat are only two games back in the conference. It's crazy. Yeah. Like nobody's got off to a fast start. You got to throw the standings out like that. That's why this regular season, more than anything, and Ethan, you tweeted it earlier today, and I wish that we probably should have led this podcast with it. Is that um, this is going to be the asterisk year? Because like, asked, I hope I said that correctly. Um, because. There's just no way that you can really take anything and derive from the results of the regular season when you've got half rosters. I mean, it's li literally half measures everywhere. Um, so I don't see this going away. And um, it, it's just such a bizarre time around the league. It's like the, the, the rosters are kind of like um, skeleton crews and you don't know who's going to play game out going game over game. I'm hoping that there could be potentially some options for them to expand the rosters to try to give teams at least a little bit more of a release valve with players. Yeah, no, what you would think, especially with so many teams not using their G league players. Now it's interesting, you know, the heat, I talked to some people inside the heat about the decision they made with the G league and it wasn't really as much about, it wasn't really as much about not sort of liking the NBA format or even keeping guys around for depth, although that turns out to be a good, a good thing right now. It was really about they had so many other sort of non-basketball things going on. They really just didn't want to have to deal with managing a G League team. Additionally, it just it just wasn't even an organization that that 
you know, put so much stock into that and has benefited so much from it. They just didn't feel with everything else they're dealing with that, that it made sense to go forward. But the other thing I want to mention here, guys, is that, and I mentioned this on the onside radio show today, you know, Eric Woolworth sent that note out to season ticket holders. And we had Mike McCulloch here on the show, the VP of marketing. And he was talking about when they think they can get fans back in the stands. To me, this deals a major blow. Like, I, I mean, if they were, I don't have any specifics on this. I'll do some investigation this week. But if they were really thinking about maybe getting fans back in by, say, February, and now you just had a COVID, maybe not an outbreak on your team, but certainly some concerns about exposure, I got to think that bumps it back. Like, I, I'm at the point now, guys. I mean, I was, I'm not expecting, uh, you and I go to the games. Yeah. I think we're going to be sitting next to that fan machine the entire year. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 re- I really don't think we're going to see fans um, at the Heat games. And the other thing we mentioned about the asterisks, and this is my point on this, on the asterisks. And then, Alex, I do want you to chime in. The reason I didn't put an asterisk next to last season was because everybody had the same conditions, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody went into the bubble. Everybody was eating the same food from the same chefs, going to the same barber, dealing with the same protocols, the same testing. Everything was the same. There was no variance. This year, there's all these variables. There's some teams that are playing with fans in the stands. There, there's some that are not. There are some that are doing more travel. There are some that are not. There are players that are going to go in and out like we're seeing this week. There are some teams that are going to avoid that for a while. To me, that's I, I never like an asterisk after a season. Look, we're dealing with a college football season right now where Ohio State played, what, seven games? Okay. And, and, and if they beat Alabama, I don't think most people are going to put an asterisk next to it. Like the champion ultimately gets credit. I think – that happened with the Lakers. I don't know if it would have happened with the Heat. Okay, but I do think this season, I think Greg's right. The regular season, to me, is a total crapshoot. Maybe by the time that they get to the playoffs, maybe, and we're going to talk about this after the break, maybe they do go to a bubble in the playoffs to make sure that they happen. Um, but to me, this is all over the place, Alex, and I don't think we're going to see fans again in, in the arena this year. I think it's a good point. I think your take about this being the asterisk, asterisk year is a good one. I'm kind of jealous of the take. Uh, but in, in truth and, in, in, you know, in all reality, I think you're right. I think, and I, I kind of had a feeling once, you know, those first couple of games when we stepped in there, I, I just had a feeling that we we're going to, you know, be with this type of situation in the games for longer than maybe we expected and longer than maybe the Heat were hoping for. And just as somebody who drives people around every night as an Uber driver, <laughs> I just have no faith as far as South Florida I, that we're going to get out of this anytime soon. Like, I see how, you know, it's on the back of people's minds in general. You know, I'm talking about the, the average person here, but even the politicians, right? And I'm not trying to get into politics here at all. I just think all of this stuff factors in when we're talking about specifically the heat bringing fans back, right? Like, if all of this stuff is kind of off regarding COVID and the handling, the, I mean, Miami, Florida just had, like, their peak last week, didn't they? Yeah. In cases. Yeah. So I just don't think we're going to... I mean, nobody's paying nobody's paying attention anymore. But also, there's a couple other factors at play. One is um, the owner's a cruise guy, okay? Mm-hmm. And we obviously know that a lot of that didn't go so well at the very beginning of coronavirus. There's going to be more sensitivity to it, okay, for sure. Uh, the second thing is they've taken a stand. The Heat have taken a political stand on the mask stuff. Again, masks never should have been political, okay? We all know why that happened. But they took a stand on the other side, a very strong stand on the other side, I mean, Mickey, I think, has been wearing a mask in his picture on, <laughs> on Twitter for months. Uh, I, I just don't see this as the organization that is going to take the chances. I, I just don't. I don't and so I think either. that's why 
you, you know, I mean, we saw it in Orlando, you know, 25%. Central Florida is different from South Florida. The politics are a little bit different, uh, even though we know what the politics of the state are as a whole. And I just don't think they're going to take any chances. And I think this silliness that we're seeing, and we're going to get to it after the break, I mean, I think they're going to finish the season, but I think it's more likely that they're going to finish the season in a bubble than it is that we're going to see fans at the arena. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about all this. Before we do, though, I've got a new Manscaped ad. You guys, uh, see, you guys always, everybody loves when I read the Manscaped ads, of course. So um, we got another one here to read. Of course, use the code 5RSN, 5RSN. And this is for the cologne, where you can get the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Of course, that's Manscaped. Use the code 5RSN. They just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over at all times. Who knew Who knew that smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, including a lot who are following us because I've noticed that the code's getting used a lot. Use the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Everybody knows that Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped with the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is a perfect complement to the collection, light, approachable, and genuinely in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. So check it out. 20% off. Use the code 5RSN. That's 5RSN at manscaped.com. That's for five, the number, Reasons Sports Network. I'm going to say it. Your balls and your body. Well, thank you. All right, we're back here on Five on the Floor. Only thing more ridiculous than me reading that is what the NBA is trying to do here, guys. Um, the players didn't want a bubble. All right, let's make that clear. The NBA wanted bubbles. I reported that a long time ago. One of the things that was being pitched last year when I was in the outer bubble was that they wanted uh, to have three different bubbles, one in Vegas, one in Orlando, one in Chicago, a third of the teams at each site, which is basically 10 teams, and then essentially play 20 games, take a two-week break, play 20 more games, take a two-week break, play 20 more games. Players didn't want any part of it. They suggested some other options. Players didn't want any part of it. Players didn't want to be away from their families, other significant others, everything else. They just they didn't want it. So the league sort of compromised here. They gave the players what they wanted, which was they can be in their homes. But in exchange for that, they started the season earlier than the players wanted to because the players didn't even want to start it yet. The players didn't want to start until Martin Luther King Day, which still hasn't happened. That's next week. And instead, the league started on December 22nd so they could get the Christmas payoff. Looking back at it, Greg, we're, because we credited Adam Silver for doing this the right way the last time. Were mistakes made? I think yes. I think ultimately that the bubble scenario proved to be so ironclad in terms of keeping people safe. And I know that the players were not unnecessarily, you know, so open-minded to that idea, you know, because you're taken away from your family and it really upsets everything from a, from a living perspective. And, and there's obviously a million other implications because there's business stuff related to being in bubbles that um, also impacts your uh, subconscious decision-making when you just think about uh, revenue and, and the league and, and things like that. But this is where it, it gets particularly weird because like, I think teams like the heat probably would have leaned into a five, like a three bubble scenario and felt pretty good about it, but not every team is, is wired that way. And I think that, that they'll figure out a way to, to get through this regular season. I don't know what the results of that regular season will be. 
And you got to hope that like this January, February winter period is the dark, uh, you know, like kind of the dark point for the cases and that we see kind of a, a, a better um, uptick as we get into the spring. And then hopefully that'll uh, lend itself to them being able to continue on with the plan. Because otherwise, to your point, like, I don't know how the hell they're, they're, they're going to do this, because like when you get into the playoffs, had the playoffs last year been really severely impacted by having large subsets of the roster out because of this protocols, it would have completely blown all that shit up. It would have sucked. So like they really have to weigh like going through that in a playoff run. So I think that you're onto something with maybe a bubble scenario there, but we're just not to that point yet. Well, we're not to that point, Alex, but I, I do think when you, again, you look at it, a lot of this is based on world events, right? I mean, American events. I mean, how quickly the vaccines actually start getting into arms. Maybe some of that's helped by January 20. And if people want to take it, but you are, and if people want to take them, that's the other issue, right? Okay. And we don't definitely we don't relevant in Florida and in Miami. Oh, Oh, no doubt. From no, no doubt. No, no, I, I know you know better than anybody because you, you see it firsthand. But I mean, we know this state and I know this area. And yeah, that's going to be an issue. There's going to be a percentage of people that don't take in and that's going to lead to more concerns. But I, I, I'll so there's some of it's based on events, but some of it is just based on the league getting mm -hmm. ahead of it. Right. Like I, if I'm in the league office right now and they're having this board of governors uh, call tomorrow. And so we'll get a better idea after that. But if I'm in the league now, I'm saying we need a bubble plan for the playoffs. Like maybe we don't have to actually execute it, yeah. but we need that to be an option because I, I just I don't think you can trust this country, as you said, to do the right thing about anything right now. And so relying on the vaccine to take. I mean, the only thing that seems to have gone you know, reasonably well is, you know, the three vaccines being developed, but we still can't mm -hmm. get them into arms. Uh, fast enough and people aren't going to take them. A lot of people aren't going to take them and, and all the other things. I feel like you need that backup plan because the only way to really salvage this thing, if it's a total mess during the regular season is to have a real postseason. And so if that means going to Orlando or to Vegas and doing it there, they need to have that. I think plan so place. too. I mean, I obviously am not qualified at all to be talking about what the NBA should or shouldn't be doing, but it just kind of makes sense, right? Like I think to have a, you know, a bubble plan for the playoffs to kind of mitigate a lot of these risks, especially if you're just going to have a lot of teams playing each other for two straight three, you know, three straight weeks, whatever it is. I just think it makes a lot of sense to try to do that. Whereas like, you know, this loose bubble plan or whatever they want to call it that they've had for the regular season is clearly just, it's not sustainable. And I understand that they left the back half of the schedule open specifically for these scenarios that they knew were going to happen. It still seemed like, and, and I understand it, right? I do. But it still seems like that's probably not the best way to go about it, especially for the playoffs at the end of the season when you have your highest ratings and you know how much that means to the NBA and their partners. And I just think like, that's what works. And, you know, I don't know. I can't predict where we're going to be that far from now as a country regarding COVID. But if we're still in a similar situation, more or less, I just think that's the way to go. And I kind of agree with what Leif said before. Pretty much everything there he said. And I agree also that I don't think the season is going to end or get canceled. I think at worst, if it just keeps getting worse as far as the cases and the outbreaks, maybe they pause the season for a couple weeks or something. But I bet you they're going to try to, you know, really power through this, get, uh, use that – back half of the schedule option and try to make everything work. It's definitely a mess so far though. Yeah. Back, back end of the schedule option is I think where this is all leading is they left that second half of the schedule completely open because they were, 
I think if they were going to have to try to defend themselves, the league, I mean, they would say we left the back end of the schedule open because we knew precisely that this kind of stuff was going to come up, but where it gets tricky. And I think that um, it's just, it's something that the league has to really think about from a uh, just making sure that like you have an even playing field is like, are all of the teams going to get the same matchups if you have to reschedule games? Is it going to work out where you have right. uh, all your tiebreakers that make sense? And like just all of the things that we've grown historically to know the league to um, kind of create a pecking order, whether it be via standings or, or just a million other ways, like how is that all the implications? And so it's going to be tough to see how they shake that out because um, – you need a solid foundation for a competitive playoffs that actually matters for, for real. And, and, but the other part about it, Greg, I think from a team perspective, and we can close here. I, I think if you're like Eric Spolster or you're the heat, you have to coach every game now, like it's a playoff game because you don't know if this season's going to get shrunk from 72. You don't know if you're going to get some of the matchups. I mean, the Heat were kind of screwed by that last year. For all the talk about they benefited from the bubble, they lost a lot of games, not lost as in win-loss, but didn't get to play a lot of games against bad teams. They were supposed to play the last five, six weeks of the season because those teams were not invited to the bubble. And you remember, we talked about that murderous row of games that they had, those eight seeding games. They ended up losing five of them. They probably would have just lost four if they'd actually played the last Indiana game for real. But I think if you're Eric Spolster now, you like, you can't count on having time over the course of a 72 game season to get things right. I, I think you have to get to your rotation faster whenever it's available, like, cause you don't know if it's going to be available the next game. And the other part of this is that not to relitigate the Harden trade. Okay. This is not the season to make the James Harden trade. And, and I, I, some have put this out on Twitter and I agree with this. I don't know if it was hot take Harry or somebody, Harden would have been better off making his trade demands in October. I think now that we're in the season and teams are starting to see that you need depth just to get through a week. I don't know that trading five or six or seven guys for a season for a guy in a season that's as weird as this, that you don't even know how it's going to get completed makes any sense. Am, am I wrong about that? That's a good point. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I mean, there are a lot of functional veterans still out there, but to your point, uh, doing the five for two, six for two kind of trades. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. A three team deal is the only way, but I don't know. I think um, teams are going to be gun shy, particularly with all the uncertainty. I mean, why do you want to pay a guy? Why do you want to go more into the tax in a season that may not happen? I, I just, I just think it's, I, and I think it's going to happen. I think you know, there's too much money at stake, but it's such a weird year that I'm not sure that it makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but the Heat just have to get through this week. So we'll have more on five on the floor. Check out our sponsors. Of course, also Biscayne Bay Brewing. Make sure you check out the website. Find out where they have it, any of the local Publixes, but also ask for it by name in any of the local restaurants. Uh, Biscayne Bay Brewing is the official beer of the Miami Marlins and also of Five Reason Sports and also is the sponsor of our streams. We will be back on the streams tomorrow. Royal will be manning those. Check out our sponsors, mybookie.ag. If you're listening to this, you still got time to get in on some of these NBA games. I know the lines are going to be all over the place. So have fun with that. Use the code five on the floor and for 20% off at Manscaped, including the new cologne, use the code five RSN. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.